Hello and welcome back to another episode of what we call Dies to Removal, uh, the professor over at Tulane Community College's uh, video podcast. I am the lovely co-host, the handsome co-host, uh, Pleasant Kenobi, Vince, as I'm known in the real world. What what is the what does that leave me then? If you're the handsome co-host, then what am I? Disheveled. Um, I'm wearing a tie, uh, dude. <laughs> I'm, I'm in wearing a tie a, and a, uh, a corduroy vest. My hair I'm is I'm pointing to my merch. I'm wearing a Pleasant Kenobi merch t-shirt today. Right. Okay. That's, that's, I feel is, sorry is for the iTunes listeners who can't see it. Is a t-shirt considered to be really formal attire in, in Britain? Yes. We, we can't yes. afford ties. After Brexit, we've got no supply of silk or similar materials coming in. So we're, <laughs> we're cutting back. I should make political okay. jokes. People hate it. People hate it. Brian, what have, you, what have you been playing this week in terms of magic, that is? Well, I'm glad you asked. We're actually going to be starting a uh, segment here where we just talk to each other about what we've been playing in magic at the, the start of each uh, podcast. And what I've been playing is actually Legacy. I have been wetting my toes once Ooh. again into Legacy. Uh, I know that excites you, Vince. Uh, Very much so. Yeah. Favorite format. And I, what I did was I've been uh, playing around with budget Delver lists. I was really interested in whether or not in Legacy there are some ways that we can take some of the more powerful, well-known decks and create playable versions where, in the case of Is It Delver, you're only using two colors, and so maybe the mana base can be downgraded enough where I can still play and have some chance at success with the deck, and I had a real good time testing it. I don't have any solid lists just yet, but what I'd been testing with uh, was really fun, really interactive. Games went on long, much longer than modern by far, and it was... It was... Can I ask what you stripped back then? Did you take a blue-red list and did you just remove fetches and jewel lands? Is that where you went budget? Well, actually what I did was I uh, went into largely using uh, basics and a few shocks. And what I put in main board were some blood moons and the idea to justify having that many basics as well as the budget. And so with Is It Delver lists, if you look at the, the creature section in terms of cost, Creatures are, are pennies. They're, they're just a few dollars for all the creatures you need in Is It Delver. And then if you look at the spell section, the only cost is in Force of Will. And if you omit Force of Will, not that I did in the list, but if you omit Force of Will, then the cost of the spells that Is It Delver needs in Legacy is, again, just dollars. So Force of Will, you have to have, absolutely. That's the one yeah, expense. Yeah. But then I said, do we really need that expense in the mana base? Just going basics doesn't quite work, and so I wanted to justify leaning heavy into basics. Couple fetches still in there, a couple shock lands in there, but justifying that uh, uh, enormous amount of, of basics, relatively speaking, is mainboarding Blood Moons because that literally just stops so many decks in Legacy, especially if you can slam it down on uh, uh, a turn three. And what, what, I'd, what I'd add to that is that I think there's a lot of decks in Legacy that you can actually port and make a lot cheap port into the budget sphere and make a lot cheaper by just playing Shocklands. Yes. Um, there are some spells that are a little bit volatile to that. So Days, for example, which is the other free counts about Delver plays, can um, backfire on you a little bit in the aggressive matchups because it burns you a bit more when you're bouncing Shocklands and replaying them. 
But there's a lot of decks that can do that. There's also other ways to utilize basics, similar to what you said with Blood Moon. Like, Back to Basics, prior to the Ultimate Masters reprinting, was over $100. And now I think it sits somewhere like 15 or 20 yes. So it might be even easier or cheaper to get hold of than Blood Moon in some places at the moment. And Back to Basics also really, really hurts a lot of Legacy decks. So, yeah, you can even play into the fact that you're not playing those draws. Price of Progress is another one. That's a card that uh, Blue Red Devil often plays. It yeah. does damage equal to two damage per non-basic that each player has. If you've just got a lot of islands and mountains and one steam vents, and your opponent's got a load of soul lands or expensive fetches like bayous and underground seas, you're gonna you're gonna burn them out with a with um a price of progress. So there's ways you can lean into that as well with certain decks. And I definitely advocate people trying it and going to their local uh, legacy games. Uh, obviously, you don't want to enter a massive tournament with it, but if you've got local F and M, why not try shooting some Delver spells at people's faces off of basic lands? Here's the other thing: uh, many local game stores will ha host with their legacy events a certain number of proxies that are permitted. Yes. So I think uh, I, I don't I don't know if this is a universal number, but I've been to a lot of game stores, and it's usually about they'll say like eight proxies per deck permitted, and if you can put a deck together that literally is the complete legacy deck. Uh, but just without the dual lands and fetches, well, that's pretty much your mana base is the proxies. You've got the deck. You just don't have the mana base. You proxy up the mana base, and then you have something to work towards. Maybe you trade towards that first dual land. You trade towards that first fetch land, and uh, you'll get into legacy, and you've got your deck for life. And I've been There's so many legacy really decks that only use yeah. four... Yeah, between four and six very expensive lands. So if you've got that proxy allowance, then it makes it so easy to put almost any deck, really, in Legacy, to be fair. Uh, Force of Will is obviously the expensive parts as well, but sure. just check with your local game store. But I would recommend it so much. I, I advocate proxies a lot for keeping the old formats alive because once, as you, we spoke about this a bit before we start recording, you said that um, compared to modern, it's kind of refreshing because you said it's more interactive, right? It is, it is feeling a lot more interactive than modern these days. Uh, I, I especially like that games were going really long on Legacy. Like, a lot of times with modern, if I'm just jamming some modern games on Magic Online, I can just hit, you know, play a modern game, and it goes like this. It goes really fast. There's exceptions to that rule, of course, but when I was playing through the Legacy League, oh, man, each game was like a game of chess. Uh, uh, yeah. does Did not have some of the... Uh, uh, old school shenanigans that I think many people have unfairly associated with legacy in terms of like, oh, it's turn one and eight spells are just going off left and right and <laughs> nothing like that did I encounter. And uh, I, I really think that legacy maybe is going to get a second life in the community eye as perhaps modern buckles in on itself and also gets replaced, as we talked about, with the potential arena postmodern format that we'll be mm -hmm. hearing more and more about. I mean, at a certain point, how many non-rotating formats are you going to keep up decks in? It's very hard. Yeah, certain it's ones will cannibalize other ones, right? Yeah, that's, and that's so an if, if modern's going to get ditched by wizards, then I'll just lean into the legacy curve. Uh, what about you? What have you been playing? Uh, we had the GP where I played a bit of Ultimate Masters, but I got home and I've just been drafting Ultimate Masters. I, I recorded some for some gameplay videos for the channel. I, I streamed t twice playing Ultimate Masters. The draft format is so good. Oh, do it you have a YouTube Unbelievably good. I, I, I wasn't aware. <laughs> you hadn't mentioned uh, yeah. it in the last 10 Forward seconds. Pleasant Kenobi. But um, <laughs> the, honestly, this draft format is just insane. It's, it's akin to Cube, so all the cards are so good. Even the commons yeah. and the uncommons are so powerful that... 
Simply having a collection of good stuff in your deck won't get you there. You need to draft clearly into archetypes, much like you would in a cube. Uh, and the archetypes are almost so much fun. There's like blue-red spell slingers, there's red-black madness, there's blue-green madness, there is reanimator, there's boggles, there's an auras deck. There's so many. And the thing is, at first I thought, maybe it's not going to be that good. because there's... It's called boggles. I know, I know English isn't your native language, but it's called boggles, not boggles. I, th I thought you'd be better. I, I thought it'd be better to pick up you. on uh, the yeah. spelling of fictional creatures, Brian, but never mind. Um, no, it's a real the, word. It's a real word, Vincent. Look it up what in was I even the saying? dictionary. What was I even saying? What, I'm what sorry. Mean? I, didn't, I, was, I made a promise not to interrupt, but then you can't even speak <laughs> what is, English. What, you know? what does bogles mean, Brian? What does bogle mean? If bo bogle, bogle is if you look it up in the dictionary, means mm -hmm. a, uh, a small uh, a spirit or puck-like creature, uh, like a brownie or a, uh, a, a being like that. Uh, uh, and boggle means to stupefy or confuse. They are too... But also, they look just like the 90s toy boglins. If anyone in the comment... Put in the comments below if you remember boglins. They look just like boglins. And that's only, pronounced only, boglin. I'm going to guess only British people know what that is. I've never heard of it. Oh, I thought it was an American thing. Really? A lot of Brits don't know what it is. Yeah. Oh, we'll find out. We'll oh. find out. Oh, okay. What was I saying before you rudely interrupted? About how I, I don't know. Was? All I could focus on was waiting for the opportunity to rudely oh, that's interrupt it. you. Yes. That's it. If I, if I can interrupt you now. Um, because of the amount of expensive staples in the format, I just assumed that the format would be a mess and not very fun. Right. But that could not be further from the truth. There are certain cards that are almost useless. I mean, Back to Basics isn't very good, um, <laughs> for example. But but like Lava Claw Reaches, you don't want to open that when you're opening for value. But in a Phantom Draft, it's really good. Um, so uh, Ultimate Master's Drafts were finishing as of uh, today. Day. But because of their popularity, Wizards have, in their infinite wisdom, decided to push them out till I think, the 11th of January. And you can play them on Magic the Gathering Online. And you can't play them on Arena, which is interesting, because that gives Magic the Gathering Online a unique gameplay experience that you can't get elsewhere. But I cannot recommend it enough. It is so much fun if you enjoy drafting powerful formats like Cube, for example. I recommend, instead of Magic Online, going into your local game store and drafting Ultimate Masters... Because yes, then, no. then you get to keep the cards. Now on Magic you Online, do. you get to keep the digital cards, but well, I didn't they're draft on Magic any, Online. I drafted Phantom. I drafted Phantom. Oh, okay. So, so then you just gave so, them money and walked away. I did. I did. What well, a no, racket. actually, what I went. I went two one or three. Well, I went two one mainly. So I got my money back. But the, the interesting point is, that it's twenty five dollars to print uh, to draft it non Phantom Online, and online it's not really worth it because the cards don't hold anywhere near as much value. Only six cards are really hits that get you the draft back. Uh, but in paper, I'd recommend drafting it because I draft. I opened Liliana my first pack in paper. Yeah. So um, that was pretty good. That I went three zero with that sweet. deck. Liliana is quite good and limited. I've heard. Oh, is she? Um, is she? Yes. Uh, uh, you know, you mentioned that it feels like a cube. I am in the process of making just my ultimate masters uh, a cube out of uh, 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 the card. I, I'm a big fan of doing set cubes. I have like my, my triple Innistrad cube. Uh, I have so I have a conspiracy cube and a Lara cube. And I am so excited. How often do you get to draft these? Uh, very seldom because that requires friends coming to visit. <laughs> and you never, and you never come you, you never come visit me, dude. Never. Oh, man, maybe this year. Maybe this year. Maybe, I'd love to maybe. do some Lara cube or some conspiracy yeah, cube at some yeah. point. I but, love uh, uh, It's a lot of fun because uh, when you build them to simulate just 
packs, which is what I like to do. Mm. Uh, it's not like a power cube where it's it's singleton. When you're doing a set cube, you do multiple copies of, of, of yes, commons yes. and uncommons. Support the archetypes, yeah. Right. Uh, so, and, and then I actually break everything into packs. And so you literally, if you, if, if you come to my house, please, uh, and we draft, <laughs> I literally hand you three packs that are engineered to be like three packs of Innistrad or three packs of, in this case, Ultimate Masters. And while it's not a perfect engineering, it's, it's very close. And it also allows you to make tweaks. Like you said, uh, 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 uh back to basics is. Yeah. That's my next question. Yeah. Yeah. We, you take it out. Uh, yeah. uh, if there's an archetype that needs a little bit more, you want to make sure there's enough spider spawning in that triple in a strut. Yeah, an extra copy uh, uh, floating around in there because you get to fine tune that cube and that draft experience. So I'm very excited to be putting the Ultimate Masters cube together uh, and it should be a lot of fun. And don't forget, triple, Spider Spawning is also in Ultimate Masters. That's why it's so much fun. It's got so many good archetypes. So many good archetypes. Right. It's almost like the set was Graveyard Masters. Oh, 100%. 100%. Right, right, right. <laughs> so we were making some jokes about Magic Online, but I think that it's no joking matter. Uh, I'm going to come right out and ask this question, Vince, and I want you to be completely honest with me. Does Magic the Gathering Online straight out die to Arena? Does Magic Online die die to Arena? Is this the I, end of Magic Online? I think on a long enough time scale, of course it does. I don't think the player base itself can necessarily support both. So what the thing is, obviously, MTGO presents us with some very unique things it can do. Uh, Commander, Legacy, Vintage, Modern, and things like Cube and Ultimate Masters. The problem it has is that can the game, can the player base be supported and can the economy be supported for as long um, as we want it to be if players aren't joining Magic the Gathering Online? Um, Arena is obviously attracting the new players and I think the number of players that will jump from Arena to Magic the Gathering Online to play those older formats is going to be less than the people who are just selling out and who stop playing. Uh, Wizards are making some, so we have to be positive here, I'm pointing out the the, the 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 truth that Wizards are making some concessions and trying to make Magic Online a bit more accessible. In their latest State of the Program announcement, they said that uh, you wouldn't necessarily have to do the $10 buy-in that you used to have to do. So people can get the account and start playing around and mucking about with the free bots and stuff prior to that. But on the long enough timescale, I do believe that Magic, Online, Magic Gathering Online's lifetime is uh, finite and Arena is going to make that, that lifetime shorter. I don't think that Arena is going to kill Magic Online personally. Uh, I think Magic Online is going to kill Magic Online. I think that Magic Online is, uh, while it was impressive software for the time with what it was able to do, and while Magic is a great game, and the fact that when everything was working, which it seldom was, but when everything was working, you really could sit down and play Magic the Gathering, albeit slowly and with a crude interface, that that was still a great experience. But ultimately, this software looks like it's out of 19... 1998. Uh, uh, it looks like you're playing on Windows 3.1. Uh, even when you say no bugs, which it has tons of bugs, no crashes, yep. which it has tons of crashes, no ridiculous software requirements. I can't believe we still have a $10 buy-in to Magic Online. It's absurd. It's just going. 2018 and it's just going. Absurdity <laughs> uh, in all of these things. And yet, even when you put all that aside and you say, never mind those problems, just looking at Magic Online, it's a, it looks like it is out of another era or perhaps two eras back, there is so no way this software... Don't interrupt. That's very rude, Vince. Uh, no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. 
just because I was of... gonna, I, I've got I've got a point that really ties into that. I want to ask yes. you. It's, it's, a, it's a hypothetical question. You, 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 keep, you said this on a tweet as well that like Magic Online right. will kill itself essentially. It will die to itself, not to Arena. But yeah. Of course, that kind of that kind of um, cover it hides the fact that both of the programs are obviously being run by the same company. So I ask you this question: Would Wizards of the Coast ever dump the money and resources into renovating how Magical the Line looks? And it's backwards interface as well because they haven't up until now. You right? can't. They haven't up it until can't now. be updated. It cannot be. But it, it could with enough resources. No, it could uh, with enough uh, resources. I, do, I actually don't believe. I want to link an article. Uh, uh, I believe it was one of Saffron Olives where he t- looked at the actual program code. If this is uh, someone else's article, I apologize to thinking that Seth wrote it. He wrote everything. Uh, but uh, I, I will have the article linked in the description by the time this goes live. But it is an article that looks at the history of the code of Magic Online. And in reading that article, it is quite clear that there are limits to what can be done in an extreme sense that even with enough money and resources, this is literally a company from two decades ago's original, you know, code that then got patched with another company's code on top of it that is is not working together, that is is beyond out of date, that basically the entire Magic Online department is spending every minute just trying to keep the whole thing from buckling in on itself. Well, I mean, but I mean, how big is that department, realistically? How much money are they actually... I mean, Arena's obviously had all bells and whistles put onto it. It's had a lot yes. of investment and time and energy put into it. And I get that, obviously, programming individual game items for 16,000 or whatever it is, Magic cards that exist, more than that, isn't it? So, how many magic uh, cards are there, Brian? I, I don't. I don't know. Ask Professor oh, okay. Google. Ask Professor Google. <laughs> I uh, thought you were a sage of all magical knowledge, Brian. I never. Pres- no, I'm a professor at a community college. Oh. If I if I were a sage with all magical knowledge, I would that's not be working op- as an adjunct opposite, guess, at a community yeah. college. Uh, but. I, but, I think but that's that, the point. How big is that department? How big are the the, the bug swatting team and the developers that work on Magic Online? I mean, that's a hypothetical. We don't know. I do don't we? know. But I don't, but I I don't get, even know if I, that information's I, public. I just exactly, and I don't think they'd ever make it public because it'll be. I, I imagine it'll be quite laughable. That's how, that's the kind of the point I'm getting to. I've always felt that Magic Online's been. Um, they've allowed it to pump to generate loads of money and put minimal effort into actually making it functional. Just about minimum. The amount of bugs they get. I mean, Crackling Doom was bugged for like two years, for right. example. And that's a card in standard. And right. now that Arena's here, I can't help but think perhaps, especially when you look at the Twitter bios of some of these people who are moving across to Arena, I, and I'm not blaming any of the people involved with the programs, obviously, make that very clear. But I think Wizards just aren't invested in keeping Magic Online alive. So I don't think it's... It's not Magic Online that's going to kill Magic Online. It's the... The lack of willingness to keep the, the platform alive from a why would they keep it going? Why would you keep a program? Why would you want that associated with you? It's like, listen, let me let me put it this way, uh, uh, Vince. Let's say that before you started making Magic: The Gathering videos years ago, decade ago, even you uploaded a few silly, stupid videos to your channel, and and they I did, are, <laughs> and they are not representative of the work that you currently do. And if somebody were to scroll back on your 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 video list <laughs> those exist fine don't do draw attention really? to them uh-oh, uh-oh. yeah yeah I, I, well i was gonna say that like a sensible person you would probably delete those so that people don't you know see them and think that's indicative of the quality of work that you put forward i don't know why wizards of the coast would want magic online any footage of magic online in any capacity to ever be associated with them it's a joke how are you going to be an esports contender i i had an idea for a parody video where i wanted to take 
uh, uh, that new commercial they did with the they will know and the, the the rocking music and everything and the cool beat and just superimpose it over footage of playing Magic Online and just how <laughs> ridiculous that looks. Uh, it, it, it it needs to go. I would pull. I would personally. I mean, I would pull the plug if I were them. So and I think the only the reason they I think it needs to. Yeah, exactly. So there's a lot of people invested into it at the moment. There are entire there's an entire economy based around it with multiple companies all involved with it. Yeah. And it's quite sad. So for those that don't know who are watching this who aren't as invested in Magic Online, people who mainly pay in paper and are probably sick of this topic already. <laughs> but um uh, Magic Online's entire economy, the whole value of the economy, basically halved a few weeks ago. It just dropped and dropped because people are starting to panic uh, because of the esports announcement and because of Arena doing quite well and so on and so forth. And that then starts to affect the bottom line of certain companies that are invested in Magic Online. It makes people like myself feel sad and makes videos of Magic Online. And the worst of all, beyond the money aspect, is that things like Legacy and, and definitely Vintage, like Vintage, Vintage won't exist once Magic Online goes at whatever point that is, Vintage will exist as one side event at each GP yeah. 12 times a year. And even then, people will probably stop bothering. So my question to you is, can we realistically keep... If, if Watsi stop supporting Modern, as you mentioned earlier, can we keep it alive? Can we keep Legacy alive? What happens to Pauper? I mean, well, we haven't had a Pauper GP yet. Modern I mean, that's not going to happen, right? Modern and Pauper don't use reserve list cards, but... Uh, sure, so they got that going for them, but Wizards have never really, up until very recent, up until a certain individual tried to promote it, uh, <laughs> Wizards have never been fond of pauper, have there's, they? There's, 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 they're a little more fond of it now that, that they're fond of money. Listen, this is the thing. Wizards of the Coast is pauper fond... Pauper makes them no money. Popper can make them money. I've I've made that argument before. Uh, okay. uh, uh, there's there's ways to make money off of these things, but Wizards is a fan of money. Modern will continue in that people can play modern. Modern will continue in that Wizards just made a modern product, Ultimate Masters, that for all our, our screaming about the MSRP, it, it sold like hotcakes. They made their money. They're raising that MSRP might have infuriated us in the fan base, but we still bought it and they still made their money. And when they're going to look at their earnings reports and Hasbro's going to look at their earnings reports, they're not going to say, don't do that again. Don't support this format that made us millions upon millions of dollars, which it did uh, far more so than, than perhaps even I would love to see what made more money for wizards of the coast, ultimate masters or uh, guilds of Ravnica, because I I'm okay. willing yeah, to yeah. bet I'm willing to bet ultimate masters made more. And so that is why I'm not scared for modern necessarily. And it's popular and people are playing it. The problem with legacy and vintage is the reserve list. The thing with magic online is that there is no reserve list and that's yeah, how these yeah. are able to keep going. I think that, the fact that Magic Online is, is I feel, dying and going to be dead, I don't think that that has anything to do with Legacy and Vintage because I think there's money there. There's money in selling packs with dual lands in them. They can't do it in paper. They won't do it in paper, but they sure, can sure. do it on Magic Arena or they can do it on a Magic Arena-like client. Now, let me ask you this. I want to propose something to you. You tell me what you think. They, they created Magic Arena, and then they started programming cards into it. This is all on software somewhere. I'm going to be incredibly non-technical, but let's pretend they okay. hit copy and paste on Magic Arena on their mainframe, and they copied it and pasted it onto another mainframe, so there were two Magic Arenas. And on the second one, they started programming in Ultimate Masters, Vintage Masters, 
you know, the reserve list cards, things like that. And there was, instead of Magic Online and Magic Arena, Magic Arena and Magic Vintage, they call it. Uh, uh, vintage Magic. And it looks like Arena. It has vintage cards on it. It has legacy cards on it. They're all on there. And you can play in that. People would play that. People wouldn't be yeah. leaving that. People are leaving Magic Online because it looks dead in the water. That They're not leaving it because of legacy, and they're not leaving it because of vintage. If anything, they're only barely hanging on to it because oh, of those the, formats. Exactly. The, the, those formats at the moment almost are going to prop up Magic Online for some period of time until the player base dwindles to the point that it can't be supported anymore. Like Legacy and vintage and, Magic on, and, and modern will kind of be the life support for Magic Online. And I guess also, like you said, they can sell... Or my master's drafts to fools like me who like to phantom draft <laughs> so those things will pop it up but no the idea that they might do like a almost like a different format with older cards programmed in that doesn't affect standard on a different client that's arena 2 or, or, or not arena 2 obviously it's not a second product but a, a, a vintage uh, variant that sounds that sounds incredibly exciting almost Right. Um, you should work at Wizards, Brian. That'd be fantastic. And if you uh, get well, that forward, they they I'll they most certainly do not want me working at Wizards. I assure but, you. But also, so in that hypothetical, where I I I sound, I think that sounds exciting. But I love playing any variant of Magic you can give me. Right. If you give me Tiny Leaders or Brawl or Singleton, I'll play them all because I just love playing different versions of Magic. But that still has the cannibalism element that I think what's you're aware of is that if you had a second version of Vintage Magic, people will be on separate clients and it all dilute the waters in some ways well i, do you I think, think there's there perhaps an idea that they they need yeah one, exactly one client i think one client would be great but do you not think that sometimes they want to perhaps again i'm getting i'm also a conspiracy theorist when i hang out with you brian it's all your fault but perhaps they want to promote limited and standard and perhaps a, a, a non-rotating format and then that's it they got their finite yeah. pool of things they can control and they, sell to they wish and i'm sure they've had that and legacy yeah. hurt that don't they? they they wish they wish they've had that meeting I, I they've had that meeting multiple times the truth of the matter is is that as much as they wish that it would be business suicide to do it because mm -hmm. the problematic aspects of the long history of Magic the Gathering and its eternal formats are in many ways what keeps it going. There is a connection between reserve list cards like Mox Opal being worth thousands and people cracking packs of Guilds of Ravnica hoping to capture that same thing, even though that is not going to happen. There is yeah. this idea. If they reprinted uh, reserve list cards into Oblivion, there would be a lot less of the collector aspect of Magic the Gathering, and that fuels yeah, a good yeah. aspect of this game. I've always, I've always seen the reserve list as kind of like the gold standard. Although England <laughs> got rid of the gold standard at some point in the past, right. but the gold standard is this idea that there. Uh, that, that, you, that the, the money you owe you have in your hand is worth a certain amount of gold in the bank right so knowing how much gold you've got in the bank means that your money has a tangible value and it can't just it depreciate overnight unless that gold disappears and the reserve list kind of performs like that it makes people feel that their their collections won't go down the the, the toilet the next day so so the reserve list has a as a function in some ways that does support the game, like you said. It allows people to chase the dream or trade up. Well, I think it's just power. the allure. I, I don't think, because most people don't even have reserve list cards, but it creates mm -hmm. that allure. Everyone talks about that there's cards worth $10,000 I mean, out there, and that's because of the reserve that list. 
So there's, there's traders and companies that obviously prop up the game and keep the economy the way it is. You do have money invested reserveless cards. I think I, I, I am, before we, we're not going to go into that too much, obviously, I am quite anti-reserveless, but I do think Me it too. provides a function in propping up the economy of magic and the economy of magic would have, have to be like quite redefined and changed and approached in a different way by players and traders and sellers and collectors if the reserve were to go. So I think it does perform a function in some way. Whether or not that function is worth it is another discussion, I guess. That is another discussion. And I just want to emphasize, going back to this discussion, that there is no reserve list on Magic Arena. And To everybody... clarify that point for people at home, um, ba- uh, jewel lands are worth at most six, seven, eight dollars right. for Volcanic Island compared to their $400 or $450 price tag in paper. Um, that's how low they are if people don't play on Magic Online because and they can reprint them on a regular basis. And before everyone freaks out in the comments, Vince is talking in pounds as a, a largely American audience is probably watching and are saying, what? $400? 400 pounds, which is uh, uh, worth a little bit more than the dollar right now. So oh, of that's, course. That's I, your I, translation. <laughs> uh, we wish I said we wish dollars. I said worth, dollars. You said dollars. I, was, so I thought you, yeah, said, I thought you I were talking the, in no, pounds. But, They're worth no, but, more than that now, right? What's a volcanic I, island is going for more than $400. I'm just going to check. Yeah, but uh, there is no, like, everybody who says, I've been hearing a lot of comments, and they're saying that Legacy is going to die because Magic Online is going to die, and I just want to add, there is no reserve list on Arena. Legacy can exist on Arena or on an Arena-like client if they want to have a second client. I think they should just have one, but, but if they do, either way. Magic Online dying is not going to kill Legacy. Wizards doesn't want Legacy to die because... Legacy can earn them money digitally. It can't earn them money in paper because of the reserve list, but it can earn them money digitally selling products like Ultimate Masters, Vintage Masters, having Legacy Mythic tournaments and such on a digital client can make them a fortune. And they're not going to walk away. They're not going to walk away from that money. Sure, and I agree with that. And they, they they do want to reprint old staples that people want to buy and things. But yeah, and I, I hate to say this out loud, but I do believe that Legacy will genuinely struggle once there's no online component to it because tournaments will be few and far between. We're, we're looking at, in England, especially for example. I was chatting to um, a big tournament organizer who's saying that his Legacy numbers are already down, and he's yeah. not sure if that's because of Arena or the fears around Legacy getting less support over time. I don't want it to go. I love the format. And even if Wizards want to still sell us some Leovolds and some True Name Nemesises. Nemesises? Nemesis? Nemesai. Nemesai. True Name Nemesai. Um, I don't know if the format can live in a healthy way, like I believe it does now, if there's no online metagame or community. Well, the reserve list is what needs to go. There was everybody. It's the most amazing thing. Everybody agrees, even Mark Rosewater. <laughs> uh, 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 I mean, seriously, uh, Mark Rosewater has fought and screamed and kicked. To, he wants the reserve list gone, and he he cannot achieve that. And so, literally, players. I've never heard a collector say that they because they know that their alpha duels are still going to be worth a fortune. It exactly. will not affect the price, but we're getting Compare into the price for we'll birds talk of paradise reserve to... list in another in, in another episode. Yeah. I don't want to get off topic, but that is what legacy needs. But perhaps Oh, and for the record, Volks are four fifty. You can get a revised Volk heavily played for around four fifty to five hundred dollars. No, 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 no. Near mint. 
near mint. I don't want heavily played. I want it. No, you want near mint alpha. Near mint no, no, alpha. No, no, no. I want near mint revised. White border. I'm white border, baby. White border. No, I'm all about get, get as heavily played as you can and just play the format. The format's so good. I want to recapture my high school days. I want that white border. Oh, did you replay? Mint. Did you play with them in no sleep? I actually had penny sleeves on them even in high school. My cards were were minty mint, baby. I kept my cards in good shape back then. Uh, speaking, though, of Magic Arena, we have had our first big push just a day ago for us as we're recording this with the Twitch Rivals uh, event, which is the shape of the face of things to come magic arena and esports we had our major announcement about uh, uh arena esports we've had our first big event and bigger ones coming we've been getting an outline of what competitive play is going to look like uh what do you think just right off the bat in terms of everything that we're seeing so far vince before we get into the nitty-gritty so like, like what is your reaction is it cynical is it optimistic is it no excited? so the there's, there's a, it's a weird thing. I, I'm super hyped with an element of um, doom and gloom, essentially. I'm so hyped there that magic is going through like a renaissance. We're going to have loads of people watching it. They're getting everyone involved with it. People, Artifact apparently bombed the other digital card game. It's supposed to be really good. So they've right. all come across to play Arena. Um, Hearthstone's metagame is bad, so everyone's playing Arena. Standard's good. I'm so hyped about all this, but... It's that faint underhand of... We, at the moment, we don't even know what's going to happen with... Um, we've got more announcements coming in January telling us how mythic... Uh, how, the terminology confuses me now. Yes, GPs me that are now Magic Fests. Or the GP at a Magic Fest, how that feeds into Mythic tournaments. And I wish they'd stop labeling everything Mythic. There's my rant. Right. A mythic Edition, Mythic uh, Tier on Arena, Mythic Tournaments. Everything's called Mythic. But that's still not announced. There's a lot of uh, unknown information as to whether GPs are even worth like grinding for, for the grinders now. So I'm excited but I, I'm waiting with bated breath to see the final bits of announcements in January before I can breathe a sigh of relief and see that magic is coming to its second age, or third age. What do you think about the fact that we now have more so than ever the ability to qualify for competitive events, play in competitive events digitally from your own home? Because I know this is big in Europe, issues of not having GPs locally, not having enough GPs locally. It's not like it is in the States where, you know, you, you, there's, there's just every weekend there's a GP that many people can just hop in a car and drive down to. I know it's even worse in places like Australia. And now yeah, competitive yeah. Australian players, competitive players in, in South Africa and, and other areas that have just struggled to have a GP now can qualify for these tournaments uh, uh, via just playing Magic Arena. There's huge upside, there's huge downside, right? More players have access to qualification, but at the same time, we're removing the social aspect of playing Magic opposite a human being. I guess that's a downside are to Arena. Are we removing it? This is somebody like, so I, I know like like Australia, yeah. Brazil, lots of places, they get one GP, two GPs, three GPs, sure, and that's sure. it. And, we, and we now it turns out... We haven't removed anything. We're, no, but we're we have. We have. Opening we have. Options. We have? So, How have we? So, so GPs at the moment, we're not sure who qualifies and at what point. Oh, yes. It could be that we might right. have one person or four or eight, we don't know yet, will qualify upwards. Right. If it's just one or like two or three, we're in a really weird position where it's probably a lot of grinders will probably just give up grinding and probably go to grinding on arena. I guess grinders aren't the one going for social interaction, right? So right. I, I know what you mean. Also, was options. a miserable experience. No grinder spoke heavily of ha happily of it. Uh, of course, the, but the to whole make it GP grind was was horrific. Exactly. So for them to make it 
even more difficult. I guess maybe maybe shooting in the back of the head is the correct thing to do. Is that how do you feel? <laughs> maybe that's a controversial subject to say as well. But I know what you mean. Giving options, especially to those people in the more inverted commas isolated parts of the world in terms of magic, is great. But I'm still just waiting with bated breath that they haven't turned GPs into just a glorified convention that no one wants to play anymore because you can't qualify. You know, that's the bit I'm scared about. People, people who, through no fault of their own, live in what we call isolated areas, such as isolated, exactly, such as everywhere <laughs> outside of the United States. Now, there are yeah. some people who live outside of the United States and like for me. them for them well oh really you too wow how do you live how do you survive like like wow wow well no, the, the, and the, I mean the, the, the socialist healthcare is pretty good I mean that's yeah that's one thing. I'll, I'll trade you I'll trade you frequent <laughs> GPS and lower per pack cost of magic cards for for that I'll trade you any day of the week I feel like I feel like like this has always been my my expression more isn't less more is more. I feel like more is being offered. Yes, rules are being changed. Qualification things are being changed. We are moving forward, and that is frightening. It does feel like there is less emphasis in some ways on the traditional tournaments. I don't know. We don't know that that's the case. The dust hasn't settled. Exactly. exactly. what we do know is the case is there are new options, not reduced options, but more options. And I always feel more is more. And even if they do come in a week or a month or three months and say, here's clarification on this, and there is less in terms of, say, what you can accomplish at a GP or Magic Fest or what have you, that is not tied to the more that we were given. It's not an either or thing. We simply then need to say, no, give us back what you took away and maintain what you gave us with uh, 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 digital access. More is more. It doesn't have to be one or the other. And in some ways that goes back to what I meant with Magic Online. Arena it's not like, well, I wish they hadn't made Arena because that's going to kill Legacy. Uh, uh, Arena... That was, does, that was not my words. I know, I know, I know, I know. But uh, some people are saying that. Some people I love are upset. Arena. Some people are afraid that that is what that means. And I just feel that these are two separate things where the issue is simply that people could not get to GPs easily and frequently enough. And now anybody with an internet connection has an ability to, to, to play competitively. I think that's fantastic. I am I am more than excited. Like I said, like the idea that this is a, a renaissance or renaissance, depending on how you're gonna pick up my pronunciation of the word, um, for magic and tournament play and to allow more people to try and qualify through um non-traditional means, shall we say, which will be the traditional means in five years' time, is fantastic. And just seeing so many people watching Magic yesterday. I mean, I streamed against it and my viewer numbers were down, but I didn't care because people were watching People play Magic, and it was great. And it was a big old tournament. 35,000 people exactly. watching exactly. Magic on, at least by American time zone, a lazy Tuesday afternoon. A lazy yeah. Tuesday afternoon, 35,000 people watching Magic on Twitch. That's good for everyone. Exactly, exactly. Trigger on effect and everything. But the only the only shadow on the horizon is whether or not they are going to screw up GPs in my from my perspective but again they could just come out with saying actually no qualifications kind of similar and it could all go rosy i'm just that's the only bit i'm wary of so i'm not i don't want i just want to clarify that i'm not being too doom and gloom i'm just apprehensive and i'm waiting with bated breath to say that wizards don't mess it up because if wizards come out and say actually you can qualify on a top 8 top 16 or whatever then we're all good, right? We're all gravy. And we're in a situation where there's more prize money, there's pros getting salaries, we've got more ways to qualify, and then we'll be in a good position. And in some ways, I'm kind of scared because... 
we hardly ever get that in magic, right? There's always something for us to moan about on this podcast. Well, There's don't worry, to... don't worry, because <laughs> I want to end your positivity right now. Let's, 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 this is terrible. Oh, this is boy, bad, I don't bad, it for bad podcasting. You're saying all these nice, optimistic things. We, we got to get Sorry. negative. If we're talking competitive play on Magic Arena, let's talk about one of the, the dark horses that has got people oh. frustrated, which is best, yes. best, best of one versus best of three. What do you think of this? So, so right now, I mean, break this down for us. Uh, uh, what is the the so at the moment uh, there are two forms of play on on arena for drafting and for, for limited and for normal gameplay. There's traditional, which is best of three, and there is ranked. Traditional and ranked aren't the same thing. Don't connect. Traditional is best of three with sideboarding. So if you draft a deck and you take a plummet, it's either in your in traditional you can have it in your sideboard. But if you're playing a ranked draft where your rank goes up towards the end of the season, which might even eventually help you qualify, we don't really know exactly how that could work yet. Um, your plummet has to be main board or not. So, so it's, it's this bizarre circumstance where I'm playing Ritual of Cert main board in a deck where I'm playing two drop and three drop creatures because this best of one is the rank ladder in, in, in standard as well. And it removes a lot of nuance from magic. Uh, some formats, as I, uh, as I, um, I was reading a Channel Fireball article that mentioned, talked about this actually. Some formats, and I agree with them, definitely benefit from having best of one. Like Singleton is great because you have to put all your eggs in one basket and right. build a, a deck that fights against someone else's basket full of eggs if we carry the analogy over to and the I actual love combat Singleton, itself. Singleton, by the way, by the way. Yeah, Singleton is great. Apart from Rat Colony, Singleton <laughs> is great. Um, so that's another topic, I guess. So some formats it's great for, and grinding your quests, brilliant. A quick pickup game, brilliant. The weird sort of streamer unique events, like the Noxious Cascade thing, brilliant. brilliant. But when it comes to actual tournament magic, especially as we get into the situation where we're going to have a standard plus or a postmodern format where linear decks will come up, things like Affinity will start to rise, things that need linear sideboard hate cards and things to, to moving parts like that, we can't rely on best of one. And the thing that's annoying at the moment for those that don't know that the development team behind the game have claimed, I think it was in a forum post, that best of one is more popular by, you know, like a 90% margin. But the reason it's more popular is because it's currently the ranked format. Yes. The the best of three is currently hidden behind a switch and people yeah. are grinding their daily quests. No, that's so such, that is that not is such information of the that Coast. you can use. That really exactly. kicks me off. That is exactly. such Wizards of the Coast reasoning. Oh, my, like, my last well, point before I hand over to everyone's, you. Every, more people, that's like, like me saying, exactly. hey, people want to play Popper. You don't support it. Why don't you support it? And they go, well, uh, you know, according no to our numbers, more people, more people draft than play Popper. It's like, well, exactly. you don't have Popper and this events. is why. And, and this the, is why oh. I'm apprehensive about the whole announcement in January because... I'm scared they're going to turn around going, oh, no one wants to qualify from GPs anyway, right. so we cut it down to one qualification no, per region exactly or whatever. They operate, and they'll yeah. and, and they'll spin it to be something that we've apparently said or done, which is not necessarily the case, and then claim it's a vocal minority. But that said, all that doom, that's some doom and gloom there. That said, when prize support was reduced on Arena by about 90%, people were in uproar on Reddit and Twitter and all over the shop, and the arena developers turned around and went, you know what, we've listened to you, that's not right, we're going to put it back up. All right, So, but, but you're getting positive there, I want to focus on this. Now, now, <laughs> now, I want you to be honest with me. Is the reason why the, the team over at Arena wants best of one versus best of three because deep down inside they believe the dum-dums can't handle sideboarding? No. 
I mean, and I'm just, by the way, before everyone takes 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 to Twitter, uh, uh, I'm joking. But the idea, I, I'm absolutely joking and saying the dum dums. <laughs> but like, like the idea being that your casual player, your person coming over from Hearthstone, just can't handle sideboarding and is just going to need play done, best of play done, and that they just want you clicking and not thinking. And and that's the, that's the opposite of what Magic is. You don't think that secretly they're like, look, guys, we got to dumb no, this game down no. a little bit for I all mean, these Hearthstone players. I mean, I do believe that Magic itself, not dumbed down, but it gets simplified. So I don't, here's a, here's a tangent <laughs> that's, that's dumb, relevant how to is, this. How is, simplified, how is simplified different than dumbed down? Okay, Go, so no. <laughs> you, know, you know the, the Planeswalker damage changes that happened recently? Yes. Yeah? That effect nerfed a legacy deck. Without removing cards from the deck, it nerfed Mono Red Prison because yep. both the Chandra Torture Defiance and Fiery Conflict can no longer kill walkers, all because of a rule to simplify things for newer players. The Blood Moon change. You know about that one as well? Yeah, disagree. So that I lands... disagree with all that stuff. I dis I hated all of that exactly. stuff. That came into so that deck. That deck has been nerfed by yes. rules changes. Right. I know, I hate that. I, it's the worst. So that is part of magic, but I don't think that's necessarily what they're doing with the Reno and sideboarding. Sideboarding encourages the use of more wild cards and thus more packs to be opened. And the economy is still really bad. If you want to not get too positive, I still think the economy is really bad. If you aren't playing limited, you aren't picking up enough cards. Right. It's just simple as that. And I don't play limited. I play constructed. Um, my, my wife is, is now addicted to arena. And the night she sat down, I said to her... Uh, what type of deck deck do you want to play? Let's build it together. And and we were building it, and I did not have the cards uh, uh, for the deck. And I ran, and I was like, well, let me let me show you how wild cards work. And I ran out of wild cards before I was even one fourth of the way through. What it's is absurd, quite frankly, quite frankly, a casual deck. And what threw me was that I'm used to I'm going to pull out my boxes here from what I have from pre-release and 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 yep. what have you. And the sort of deck that that we're building for just casual play. I don't need, you know, like like 12 Mythics in that and Planeswalkers in that deck. And so it's like, yeah, no problem. Four of this common, four of this uncommon. And, and I ran out and then and some jank rares and stuff. And, and I ran out so fast. And then I was like, honey, I don't, I don't have the deck. And and then she said, well, how do you <laughs> get it? She started to cry. No, and well, well, she started, to, she started to, to say some things about Wizard's Greed when I explained that having used up all my daily quests, the only way to get it would be to just spend money on gems, buy packs, and just start opening those packs. And, and so that is what we went into in the economy. Which in is some bad. way sounds a lot like, that sounds a lot like magic in the ideal wizard sense, right? Oh, like, sure. I mean, the players, I've gotten used to borrowing, trading, renting, or just buying the cards that I need. Yes. But Arena removes that whole middleman, which is kind of, again, is another topic, but it's something that I do think myself, and especially it, uh, community pillars like yourself, Brian, uh, need to highlight is that the economy does need to be improved somewhat. I've talked about Or at least the that. wild card issue. I know, I know you have, I know you yes. have, but we need to keep talking about it until we're in a situation where we're like, okay, that's fair enough. I know we have to spend money because wizards need to make money. I'm totally okay with that. But the fact that, like, uh, rare wild cards are less rare than are more or less rare than mythic wild cards, so I end up with just loads of mythic wild cards because the best cards in the format are rares, stuff like that. It's yes. just absurd. Yes, it's just yes. absurd. Okay, so one more thing I want to say on this is the big uh, Twitch rivals event that happened. Uh, I caught it, you caught it. We referenced it having thirty-five thousand plus viewers on a, a Tuesday afternoon. How do you think this event went? What is your response? Never mind. I mean we, we said we're excited it happened. We said we're yeah. excited about the numbers, but just in isolation of that, just as a tournament, as an event, this was Arena's big moment, uh how did it go? What did you think? 
Um, so I streamed alongside a part of it, watched right. one of the quarterfinals, and then had to go to bed because at English time it was very late. Right. Um, I thought the quality of the production was really good. That's probably just a big nod to Twitch. Uh, the commentators they got on, was it Matthias, who's normally the CG? Matthias was on. He was one yep. of them. They're, they had uh, a gentleman oh, on there I wasn't familiar with previously. Uh, the Asian Avenger. Uh, no, Quim, I know him. I know Goldfish. Him. I'm, I'm yeah. saying some, some of the guys they got on were really, really good. They oh, were yeah, high he energy. Was so the commentary, the production, everything was really good. Yeah. Uh, also, the showing both streams on stream at screen at once. It just went to show that... Because people often mock Watsy for not getting uh, like uh, the production value on um, live streams and GPs and things well done well. That's supposed right. to show that Arena plus someone who knows what they're doing results in a very nice looking um, production. Uh, the interesting bit that I wanted to talk about was like uh, there was a problem with Call of Duty World. Call of Duty World didn't win, right? But then he but then he won. <laughs> Explain, so came... explain, oh, right. Now, to someone who maybe missed the event, can you explain to them how this strange occurrence so, occurred? What happened? This so is interesting. I didn't, so, so, so what happened? I didn't see it live because I, I couldn't, I was actually sleeping at the time. But from the bit of the VOD and the Twitter um, discussion around it afterwards, Caleb had tweeted out saying he'd lost in the finals. And then it turned out that Rage, unfortunately, had missed sideboarded and therefore was given a game loss under like the current magic rules. Now, the interesting thing is like game losses and missed sideboarding happens. We're all human. I've done it at tournaments. Loads of people have done it. Um, you know, it, it gets caught and then the judges deal with it. The interesting thing is that something like Arena should probably deal with this in the first place. So this sort of stuff couldn't happen. A lot of the comments on Twitter were just people going, what, how, what, how? Because at the moment, there's no way to challenge someone directly to play best of three. Because mm-hmm. best of three isn't a focus. It's best of one. So you have to re-challenge each time with the sideboards changed uh, between the three games. So I guess what we can learn from it is that Arena's in beta and things will improve. <laughs> but this is, at the this same is one time, of those things that reminds me of in our first episode discussing the fact that they left multiplayer out and you just go, mm-hmm. why? It's the same thing. Like like the, the direct challenge was the, the number one thing people wanted. It, it yep. obviously is necessary for events like this and that it never occurred to any of these brilliant people. Exactly, exactly. Do best it of three, I mean, keep the same. Here's my counter in. argument. Here's my counter argument. Direct challenge shouldn't be needed for these events. There should be a tournament mode built in like there is with Street Fighter right. or with Super Smash Brothers. If, like you said, these brilliant bigwigs had all gone, here's our esports journey, here's our esports game plan, here's our objectives, Arena is part of that, design team, here's your notes. At some point, they should have went, we need a tournament mode to hold tournaments. Right. Not um, only that-, that, but then they could allow <laughs> individuals and organizations to hold their own tournaments. Which exactly. Which is, is exactly. more advertising. Can you imagine then if if uh, uh, Card Kingdom or, or, or Star City Games wants mm-hmm. to then mm-hmm. hold its own arena tournament or or even an individual like maybe i wanted to hold a telarian community college tournament it was something i thought of when i was watching how good it. that twitch stream right. was loading i thought how good run. would it be if yeah. if you loading ready run goldfish or someone held a tournament goldfish, in that yeah. style and got everyone in you know but I yeah you're, you're yeah. completely right and 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 so right so so the very first outing and and so I mean, obviously, we're rooting for Caleb because he's 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 our guy. He's he's you know, uh, it's it's homegrown hero, right? Uh, 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 Caleb D is one of the the, the biggest. MTG streamers currently, he's if yeah. not the biggest, right? I mean, he's one. Yeah. Of, he's definitely in the top. Uh, yeah, he's up there with Kenji and things, isn't he? Right, right. He's a fantastic uh, 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 guy. Really personable. Great stream. If you've somehow never checked him out, go check him out. So obviously yeah, we're rooting for him. And then it's just like, okay, he makes it to the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's like, ah, he didn't quite get there. And then for him to get 
there but through this technicality of the arena program <laughs> and it's it's just I, I gotta admit it's like flashes of magic online where they're like well software you know malfunction essentially or software limitation and it's just like oh my god wizards of the coast digital well, come I on guess <laughs> there's come it also on. smells of like so I, I've been for the last year not not overtly in my videos at least but we've been talking to friends that I believe and I've been saying this for ages now that we need to promote narratives of like you said the homegrown hero getting to the top right. and getting there or stuff like that and if our narrative is homegrown hero gets to the top and doesn't get there but then gets down technicality because our software is bad that is the worst possible narrative to have when right. you just made an esports announcement yeah so but but like i said we can perhaps we can forgive them because it's in beta but at the same time they probably should have been pre-prepared for this already i mean they yeah. are a multi-million dollar company backing all this I mean, it just seems like it's not even a problem with the software. It's a problem with the people who made the software didn't think it through. And and and, yeah. and that's to me, I mean, but again, I, I wouldn't slut very... the designers, would I? I? I'd say it may not have even been part of the design prompt for all we know. It could have never even been a consideration. Same uh, thing Vince, like you said about I don't Paul. care whose fault it is. I just, I, I, <laughs> no, I think that this is a bad habit we have in magic as we start to say, Oh wait, well it isn't this department's fault. Like, like go easy. I, I, at the end of the day, it's what happens. I just play wizards a lot, yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I just feel like, and I'm very proud of the fact that in my very first video on Arena, when I just played the early alpha, I declared that it's never going to be a problem with the software. The software I'm sold on. The problem is, is in what we choose to do with the software, or not do, or forget to do. And, and I'm already being proven right on that yeah it, the implementation, it, but that's good of and that's the one good thing to take away from this is it's not that the arena software buckled it's not that the arena software bugged or glitched it's that they didn't think it through and they didn't program it properly and they will program it right and unlike magic online where there literally are limitations where you say to them why don't you have this and they say honest to god the software can't handle it in arena <laughs> no problem and going back to our first episode why don't they have multiplayer they can put it in in. It just isn't in. So that's the great thing is that this software is golden. It is glorious. And all we need is the willpower of the people behind the scenes to properly put it together. Uh, but yeah. Um, I guess it's quite poetic that a human error, which can happen in paper magic, 100%, <laughs> yes. a human error illustrates a perhaps another human error behind the scenes. So Poetic in a sense. It is, it is. And it is also definitely uh, funny to see that even now we are still seeing, you know, game losses through somebody sideboarding wrong or something dumb like that. <laughs> like, it's not even cheating. It's just like, oh, God. You know, like, we've all seen those yeah, cases. Yeah. Some player forgot to de-sideboard one card and it was definitely not intentional. And But it just sucks. And there you go. So uh, the more things change, the more they stay the same. And with yeah, that, yeah. I think we're going to say that this has uh, been another episode of Dies to Removal. Vince, if people want to find your YouTube channel, uh, where is it? What do you do? Or Twitch? Well, should people go tell me right now? Sell me, first of all. Do I go check you out on Twitch first? or you, If I've never seen your no, content. No, it's YouTube. It's YouTube 100%. It's YouTube 100%. Like, Twitch is fun. Twitch is fun. We hang out and we're friends and stuff. I'm going to give you one video. I've ne pretend I've never seen any of your work. I'm going to give you one chance. What video do I go watch to give you that one chance? I'll link it in this description. I'm going to give you okay. one chance, and then I'm never going to watch your channel. If okay, I don't like I you. Think... Unless I like you. So what, what one video? <laughs> you should watch Mono Blue Minotaurs. Mono Blue Minotaurs. All right. It's a, uh, do you want a synopsis? A brief one-liner? Yeah. Yes. It's a budget version of show and tell and legacy. 
But instead of showing, instead of using sneak and show as the other way to get things in, we show intel, of course. We play didgeridoo, <laughs> which, is a, which is a card that puts minotaurs into play. But we change the word minotaur on the card using two other spells that I won't go into details about now to say either Eldrazi or Demon. And then we just make giant minotaur emeralds or minotaur grizzlebrands and kill people. You're and a you get turn one kills. And it's it's one of my it's one of my, it's one of my magnum opus. It's one of my favorite yes. videos I've ever made. People love it. Go watch it. Um it got copyright claimed because I was not enough to use third I think it's seven seconds of a copyrighted song. Slap on the wrist, Vince, slap on the wrist. Oh. So I'm not making any money out of it, but go watch it anyway, because I'm really proud of it. Alright, I will link that in this video's description. I hope everyone will go check that video out. Uh thank you for <laughs> tuning in this week. If you want to just hear the audio version of this podcast, we are up on iTunes, we are up on Stitcher, we are up on every uh, uh, that is also linked in the description. Uh, and if any of you are listening to the audio version, be sure to come watch us on YouTube so you can see our yes, handsome, yes. handsome faces, or at least Vince's handsome co-host, handsome co-host. See hand, also, Vince's play handsome mats. face. Playmats, Brian. Don't yes, we have, we have dice removal playmats in the Talarian suit. Sort. Did yours arrive yet? Did yours arrive? Uh, I sent you no. one. No, no. Slow post, slow post, slow post. When it slow does, post. we'll have you show it off. Uh, I don't yes, have I'll play on camera. I'll play on camera. All right. Until next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.